Welcome in the Locked On Phillies in today's episode. As it thunders outside here in Philadelphia, we've got a very interesting look at the second half of the season for the Philadelphia Phillies, a preview of All-Star Weekend in Seattle, including some minor leaguers that will be in attendance from the Philadelphia Phillies organization, and of course, a preview of tonight's Game 1 of the Phillies series with the Chicago Cubs. All that on today's Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm Connor Thomas, your host, and uh, a credentialed Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia Phillies media member uh, for over two years now. My second year as the host of Locked On Phillies. Very happy to have you along for the ride. Locked On Phillies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. I very much appreciate it. Make sure you're rating and reviewing if you're consuming podcast-wise. Uh, if you haven't checked out the YouTube, please do so and uh, subscribe if you enjoy what you're watching, if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, we're getting close to the 1.5 thousand subscribers, so 1,500 subscribers. Mark, appreciate everyone uh, that's done that already. would just be another milestone and what's been a fun time as the host of Locked on Phillies. Uh, so go ahead and hit that subscribe button. You're helping me out significantly for that. So Appreciate that very much. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Of course, the Philadelphia Phillies take on the Chicago Cubs tonight. Uh, that game is going to be at 8.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over in Chicago. Thank goodness, because it looks like there's some pretty rough weather rolling into Philadelphia right now. I can see the lightning uh, out my window directly ahead of me, but Phillies are on the road, so that's good. Uh, first pitch of that game, again, 8.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Chicago. And you can listen to every pitch of the Phillies hometown radio broadcast on the SiriusXM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies. The good news, if you're listening on the SXM app and you lose power, you can still get the game as opposed to what happens on TV. Uh, you wouldn't be able to watch anymore. So maybe uh, the XM app is the good call for tonight. So go ahead and check our friends out over at Sirius. We'll get into that a little bit later because I know I already kind of talked about the game uh, on yesterday's episode. You can go ahead and check that out on YouTube. But I want to go ahead and start with uh, what we're looking at for the second half of the season for the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, there's 162 games in a major league season. That divided by two is 81. The Philadelphia Phillies have 85 games remaining. So we still got a couple uh, until you hit the actual halfway point of the season. You know what's funny is this year it's actually people say the all-star break is more than halfway through. This year the way it breaks out for the Phillies, you're going to be about halfway through when you get to the all-star break, which is – uh, interesting. So normally you got more than half of the season done, but uh, I digress. The point is later on in the uh, the week when we get to that halfway point, I'm going to put out an episode of first half grades for the Philadelphia Phillies. We're going to run through individual players, uh, different units, the manager, coaches, all kinds of stuff. Got plenty of people to grade out. That will be a full episode of first half grades for the Philadelphia Phillies. But the first thing I wanted to look at, looking at the second half of the season, because this was brought up to me, uh, shout out to the John Kikacho, uh, by the guys this morning over on 97.5 The Fanatic. Uh, feel free to listen, 6 a.m., 10 a.m. on radio every day. Uh, you can go ahead and get more of yours truly uh, and some other great personalities we have over there at The Fanatic if you're going to listen in. But uh, John Kincaid brought up a great point that a large majority of the Phillies games in the second half of the season are at home. Uh, they have a road trip here to basically end the pre-All-Star break section of their schedule, like a good number of road games. 
just to let you know where the Philadelphia Phillies go as far as schedule. They're in Chicago right now to face the Cubs. Uh, then they're going to come back home and see the Nationals. Uh, then they go to Tampa Bay, and they go to Miami. Uh, and then it's all-star break. So they have four more series remaining, and three of them are on the road. And, I mean, Tampa Bay is going to be tough. Miami's leading them in the division. Chicago is a comparable team. So you look at that and you say, okay, uh, Nationals stink. Uh, Cubs are all right. Marlins are pretty good, and the Rays are really good. That all evens out a little bit, right? Feels like a rather balanced schedule. So I went on to Tankathon. Uh, tankathon. I don't know why I said it like that. Tankathon. And I took a look at the remaining strength of schedule for Major League Baseball teams. And wouldn't you know it, the Philadelphia Phillies are dead in the middle. They have the 15th hardest schedule remaining. Uh, they have a opponent winning percentage of 500 even. There's two other teams that have 500 even. San Francisco Giants have a 500 even remaining strength of schedule, and so do the Atlanta Braves. Now, that's not good news for the Phillies in the division because the Braves having the uh, 15th easiest, or I guess tied for the 15th, they're technically listed as 16th, uh, but easiest schedule doesn't really leave you a lot of room to make up ground, right? It's not like they're playing murderer's row the rest of the way. They're having, they're going to have their easy series too. Um, let's see. The Marlins have the seventh hardest schedule. So they have a combined winning percentage of 5-11 that they're facing. So that's good news. The Phillies can chase down the Marlins, and they got a chance to do that in the series coming up later. But uh, looking at who the Phillies play the rest of the way, some of their hardest, uh, they still have the Rays for three, but that's pre-All-Star break. Atlanta and Miami, they play seven and ten times respectively. Yeah, a series with the Orioles, who are red hot. A series with the Giants, who the Phillies don't play well and have been playing well. And two games against the Blue Jays. But you also still have six games remaining against the Pittsburgh Pirates, who have fallen off big time. Six against the St. Louis Cardinals, who can't figure it out. Seven against the Padres, who have been struggling this year. Seven against the Mets, who you just watch how bad they can be. Uh, three against the Kansas City Royals, and still ten games remaining. The most against any divisional opponent besides Miami. Uh, with the Washington Nationals. So, uh, yeah, there's some easy games that are going to be coming the Phillies' way the rest of the way. It's going to break about even. If they play better than average baseball, they should have a better than average record. And it's an opportunity for you to go ahead and take care of uh, some games that you should win. So when I look at the second half of the season, I say playing more games at home than on the road. You have a 500 opponent winning percentage. Uh, and I think some of those teams uh, that are really good uh, that you're seeing, the Marlins, um, who are some of the other teams, the Giants, uh, the Orioles, I, I don't know that they have the staying power to be as good as they have been in the first half for the entirety of the season. Uh, I think it's a good opportunity for the Philadelphia Phillies to stack some wins. I still feel confident about this team making it in. Uh, I still like what they're trying to do. And some of those teams that are they're trying to chase down for uh, the wild card spot, I mean, just going ahead and looking at it, the Marlins, Seventh hardest schedule. The Diamondbacks, they might get called by the Dodgers. Eighth hardest schedule in baseball. The Pirates, tenth hardest schedule. They're out of it. The Padres, trying to make up ground. Eleventh hardest schedule in baseball. Uh, I mean, a lot of those teams that the Phillies are kind of in the mix with or chasing are right around there. And you go ahead and see that they have schedules that uh, seem to make their second half tougher than the Philadelphia Phillies. So that's, that's good news. You'll love to see that. And uh, just for fun, where are the Mets at? The Mets have the third hardest schedule remaining in all of baseball. LOL, Mets. I just uh, I can't get over making fun of them from this weekend. But, yes, that's just a general look at the second-half schedule for your Philadelphia Phillies. It's uh, It hasn't been a difficult schedule yet, but it hasn't been an easy one. I feel like the Phillies had a super balanced schedule this year, uh, and maybe that's just the product of the new way they're doing 
the schedule where you play every team, right? There might be a year where you don't play the Twins and the Twins stink. And you're like, oh, my schedule is a little bit harder than a team that's in the AL Central. But this year is the first year that uh, the Phillies play every opponent at least once. And I think that leads to less advantage in the schedule, which I guess if you're a pure baseball fan is uh, good for me. I'd rather the Phillies play the Nationals every single game or the Phillies play like the Oakland Athletics every single game. But it's not realistic and it's not what's best for the sport. So I do think this shows that the new schedule is working. Um, But yeah, it is what it is. An opportunity, not a great one, but a solid enough opportunity to take advantage of a second half of the season where the schedule might be a little bit more favorable than the first half of the season. And also the team is just seeming to play better baseball right now if they can build momentum. Now, coming up, uh, we're going to talk about tonight's game with the Chicago Cubs. Uh, we're going to go ahead and break that down, talk through the lineups, talk through the starting pitchers, give you an idea of where the Cubs are right now. I know I kind of did that in yesterday's episode, but uh, I want to take a look at what's going on over there in Chicago uh, and uh, what the Phillies' expectations are for this mini road trip before they come back home and see the Washington Nationals. So uh, we've got all that coming up. We'll discuss that as we continue today's episode of Locked on Phillies. First, though, I want to tell you about my friends at eBay Motors, okay? You heard me talk about them in yesterday's episode, but I got to tell you again. I got to make sure you understand what I'm saying. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. And you know what? You can win a championship without perfect fit players in sports, but not in your car. If something doesn't fit right, your car's not going to work. It's not going to be a championship car. It's not even going to be a serviceable car. It's what you need to do to make sure your vehicle is running smoothly. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. You just add your ride to the My Garage tab and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and oh, super important as well, the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. All right, let's get into this uh, matchup with the Chicago Cubs. Again, first pitch is tonight, 8.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can listen to every pitch of the Phillies hometown radio broadcast of that game on the SiriusXM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies. The Phillies have a 52.1% chance to win tonight, according to ESPN Analytics. Uh, Their matchup predictor favors the Phillies. Now, I'm just going to do something real quick. I'm going to go ahead and pull up the weather in Chicago because we know it's going to be windy, but I also see this weather outside my window, and I want to get a general idea of what it's going to look like in Chicago for this road trip for the Philadelphia Phillies. So I'm just going to go on my handy Weather Channel app and uh, look at – oh, 69 right now, 69 degrees in uh, Chicago uh, as far as what we're looking at for the temperature right now. It looks a little overcast tomorrow. It looks like you're getting 77 and sunny. Thursday, 87 with a chance of showers. Not enough, it looks like, to get uh, the game pushed back or canceled. I'm just going to look at the hourly tonight, and yeah, 68 degrees, 67 degrees. A little bit of a cooler night. Ball's probably not going to fly as well in Chicago tonight, but the next couple days seems to be a little bit warmer. No day games in Chicago for the Philadelphia Phillies, which is interesting, to say the least. And with playing at Wrigley, you'd expect them to have day games. But a good sign with Ranger Suarez on the mound tonight and the ball not flying all that well. Now, I know he's 
induces ground balls and everything, but he hasn't been as much of a strikeout pitcher this year. Uh, he has in 43 and two-thirds innings, 42 strikeouts. Uh, so solid, but not like one of those top-level strikeout guys. He does work to contact a little bit, so it'll be nice to see if the ball isn't carrying like it normally can at Wrigley, then hopefully that's a good thing. So cooler night in Chicago for the matchup of uh, James Tyone against uh, Ranger Suarez. Suarez one and two on the year. Uh, as opposed to two and five on the year for Tyon. Uh, three five ERA to six seven one ERA. I mean, uh, the Phillies see a pitcher with a six seven one ERA. They should be licking their chops right now, especially with the offense having not performed all that well in the series against the Mets. Uh, that's great. And then when you also see a one five five whip, a base runner and a half an inning, great. And that's because Tyon's walked uh, 19 in 53 and two thirds innings. He's only struck out 45 and he's allowed 64 hits and 10 home runs. Suarez. Three home runs, 14 walks, 42 hits, and 43 and two-thirds innings pitch. He's only got 10 less innings. Those numbers aren't super deflated because Suarez hasn't pitched a lot much, and the 3-5 ERA seems to be dropping constantly. Huge advantage to Ranger Suarez in this one. That's why the Philadelphia Phillies are favored because the Cubs are the Cubs. The ESPN folks uh, apparently clearly see an advantage the Phillies way in the uh, pitching matchup. So, yeah, that looks good. Now, let's look at the lineups for these two teams respectively. Schwarber's leading off and playing left for the Phillies. Turner batting second, playing short. Nick Cassianos in right field batting third. Harper, DH, batting fourth. Need him to go yard. Need him to break out of this slump. Uh, Alec Bohm batting fifth, playing third. Bryson Stott batting sixth, playing second. Brandon Marsh batting seventh, playing center. Cody Clemens goes to first base and bats eighth uh, against the right-handed tie-on. And then uh, Garrett Stubbs is going to get the start at catcher. A lefty bat there at catcher. Uh, to go ahead and give Romito a day off. Their careers uh, against James Tyon. Uh, Shorebird is four for 16, but with two home runs. Turner's batting 167. Cassiano's two for four, so small sample size. Harper's four for 10, bats 400, season well. Uh, Bohm's two for three. Stott's one for two. Marshall for seven, so we'll see if he can go ahead and get his first hit with four strikeouts. That's not great. And Harper, four for 10 with four strikeouts as well. Uh, and Cody Clemens has seen him once, and he's one for one with a home run. Ooh, love to see that. So uh, not a lot of sample size, uh, but some of the top guys seem to see him all right. Uh, I think the Phillies offense will be fine tonight. Uh, I'm hoping they'll get, if they get five or six runs, that should be good enough for a Ranger Suarez start night. Uh, the Cubs lineup, they've got Nico Horner leading it off. Seah Suzuki in right field, batting second. Ian Happ, left field. Uh, Morrell batting cleanup, playing center. Dansby Swanson at shortstop. Trey Mancini, DH, and Cody Bellinger at first base. Jan Gomes catching. Nick Madrigal at uh, over at third base there. And just their careers against Ranger Suarez. Horner's one for five, 200. Uh, Suzuki's only seen him four times, but he's got two hits. Ian Happ is batting 222. Morrell's never gotten a hit off him. Dansby Swanson against Ranger Suarez. Listen, it's two for 21 career, an 095 batting average. That's not good. Bellinger, one for seven. Um, the other guys, I mean, Madrigal's one for one, Mancini's one for one, Gomes one for three. The two biggest sample sizes you have, uh, well, the three Ian Happ, two for nine, 222, Danzy Swanson, two for 21, 095, and Cody Bellinger, one for seven, 143. It seems uh, a working theory here that maybe we'll keep an eye on as we continue Ranger Suarez's season. Uh, it seems that the more Rangers Suarez's face the batter, the worse they do against them. You might get them early. You, know, you might have like two hits in your first four bats, and then all of a sudden he figures it out and continues to go to work. Uh, that would seem to echo what we've seen in his career as he's gotten better throughout his career as opposed to what happens to some players 
where you see a major drop off once people start figuring them out at the major league level. Now, Ranger Suarez has been really, really good and an underrated pitcher in Major League Baseball and good for the Phillies to have him on the mound today. Uh, and just looking at the Chicago lineup and what they are for the season, guys, you have to worry about. Now, Nico Horner's batting 282. Him and Morrell are the only ones over 280 in this lineup. You're going to have to keep an eye on them at the leadoff spot and the cleanup spot. Um, home runs, Morrell also has 13. He's their guy. You cannot let Christopher Morrell beat you tonight. He's been the probably the best hitter for this Chicago Cubs team this year. He's got 30 RBIs to go along with that as well. Um, Suzuki's 257, Haps 267. I mean, this lineup looks solid. Uh, Danzy Swanson batting 267, Trey Mancini 245, Bellinger 254, Gomes 272, Madrigal 260. I mean, there's no major strong points. Like, they don't have anybody that's batting like 315, uh, like the Phillies have with Nick Castellanos. But they also don't have anyone who's batting like 180, like the Phillies had with Kyle Shore, where he's been better lately. But yeah, they, so uh, you look at it, and or actually, he's batting 181, so he hasn't been that much better. He has been better, though. Chalk it up, count it. Uh, bottom line is the Phillies have some more uh, high-level performers. They're in like the 290s or 300s, but the Cubs have a very consistent lineup. Uh, this is a lineup that you can't go ahead and uh, you're not going to be able to just take a deep breath because you got to seven or eight in the lineup. Ranger Suarez is going to have to go to work tonight, uh, and we'll see if he can go ahead and take care of business. I do have full faith in him to do so because he's been great this year, but uh, let's talk expectations real quick. The Cubs are basically a very similar team to you. They're 37 and 39 on the year. Two games above 500, the Phillies, 40 and 37 on the year. Three games above 500. Uh, a consistent lineup from the Cubs, less consistent from the Phillies, but a little bit more uh, uh, high level, like the disparity between the top average and the lower average are larger for the Philadelphia Phillies. So a different style of offense to this point, uh, what we've seen. The Phillies a little bit streakier probably. The Cubs a little bit more consistent, but the bottom line is these teams are very – close to each other in record and some numbers that you're going to look at statistically. So what would be a appropriate expectation for the Phillies? I think the Phillies are the better team. They come with the higher pedigree and the uh, also higher expectations. So I want the Philadelphia Phillies to win two out of three in the series against the Chicago Cubs. But anyone who's heading into this series expecting a sweep, well, the only reason you'd be expecting that is because the pitching matchups, the Phillies have their hottest pitchers going. The, uh, the Cubs – do not have two of their best pitchers going with uh, a rookie that's come off for them. That's been throwing pretty well. Whose name escapes me right now. And Marcus Stroman, who always gives the Phillies trouble. So opportunity for the Phillies, two out of three is the expectation. Three out of three would be awesome. One out of three would be very disappointing. And if you get swept by the Cubs, this fan base ain't going to be happy with you, especially the folks that I was talking about in yesterday's episode that think you were handed the series against the New York Mets. So go ahead and take two or three from the Cubs. Simple, right? Never that simple, but we'll see how they take care of business tonight. Coming up, uh, I want to go ahead and talk a little bit about the All-Star game as we're on the eve of the All-Star game. Uh, and I want to discuss uh, some minor leaguers from the Phillies organization that have already punched their ticket. So we'll go ahead and discuss that as we wrap up today's episode of Locked on Phillies. All right, let's talk All-Star game. Seattle coming up just a little bit. July 11th, you'll go ahead and uh, have the All-Star game coming up your way from the Pacific Northwest. That'll be fun. Hopefully the weather's good. I know it's super rainy up there all the time, but uh, that's fun. Good baseball crowd in Seattle. You saw they got behind the Mariners when they went on that short little playoff push last year, and uh, yeah, good baseball city. Now, 
We don't know who's made it for the major leagues yet. Nick Castellano should be an all-star. Bryce Harper might be an all-star, mostly on name recognition only uh, from the designated hitter spot. He probably doesn't deserve to be an all-star starter at DH, but he could be just because of the the name recognition. Castellanos certainly deserves to be an all-star player, if not a starter in the outfield for the National League. He's been that good this year, and he's going to be in Seattle. I firmly believe he's going to be there. It might just be by one of those depth moves uh, by uh, the staff of the National League All-Star team. But anyway, there's still the uh, the Futures game. And what the Futures game is, you pick some top-level prospects uh, around baseball, and part of it is uh, name recognition. Part of it is potential so you might see a guy in the futures game who's hitting like 150 you're like how in the world is this guy here and then you see coming into the year he was like a top 50 prospect in baseball and just had a really bad start so it's not the same as the all-star game for major leaguers because you're not going to see a guy just because he's hitting 315 in the minors you're going to see the guys that your team drafted highly that might be up in the major leagues next season all this stuff so there are two philadelphia phillies organization members that will be heading to seattle Justin Crawford will be going. You know Justin Crawford as the first-round selection of the Philadelphia Phillies from this most recent draft and also son of Carl Crawford, former big leaguer. He's been incredible down in single-A ball. So Justin Crawford has earned the right, an outfielder, and maybe the Phillies have finally got it right in the outfield during the draft. Uh, And then uh, Mick Abel will also be uh, representing the Philadelphia Phillies in the Futures game. Now, Andrew Painter is, of course, the highly touted pitcher and prospect in this minor league organization. And once he comes back healthy, he'll probably be with the major league team at some point this year. But Mick Abel in a normal farm system, like without Andrew Painter, if you didn't have one of the best prospects we've seen in a while, uh, pitching-wise, Mick Abel would be a highly touted prospect as well. He gets kind of lost in the Andrew Painter shuffle, so it's nice to see him get an opportunity. And Crawford being so young and being selected to this game is awesome as well. So, Uh, Great news for the Phillies farm system to have those two guys going and uh, have an opportunity to watch them when they televise the Futures game. So if you haven't seen them, you get to see how tooly and athletic Justin Crawford is and uh, what you could see from the right side of the mound with Mick Abel coming up in future years with the Philadelphia Phillies, as long as he doesn't get traded for pieces that might get the Phillies closer to a World Series. We'll see, but it'll be fun to watch those guys as well. So congrats to those two. Get Bryce Harper in the uh, All-Star game. Get Nick Castellanos in the All-Star game. And the other thing, there's been an alliance formed between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Baltimore Orioles, at least on Twitter. The accounts are tweeting at each other. Uh, I guess the alliance is just, you vote for our players in the American League, we'll vote for your players in the National League, and we'll just get a bunch of votes in for both teams, which is funny and everything like that. It's also proof positive of why the fan vote shouldn't be a thing, because there shouldn't be like those agreements like that, but... Uh, it's whatever. Uh, So yes, if you go ahead and fill it out, the Orioles are on our side. Go ahead and put the Orioles in for the uh, American League. Put Adley Rutschman out there as a starting catcher. Uh, Put Connor Henderson out there. I mean, go ahead and add the Orioles players in on the American League side. And uh, I guess they'll do the same for the Philadelphia Phillies. But that's your all-star update. That's your preview of the Chicago Cubs series and uh, especially tonight's game. And that's also a conversation about the second half of the schedule. Wow, we covered a lot in today's Locked On Phillies. Thank you so much for checking us out and being along for the ride on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, Part of, well, yeah, your team every day. I do want to remind you one more time, 8.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, first pitch for the Phillies and Cubs. Uh, You can listen to every pitch of the Phillies' hometown radio broadcast of that game on the SiriusXM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies, and you can go ahead and pull that up. Uh, Thank you so much for checking us out. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing uh, to everything, and especially the YouTube really helps me out. And I will talk to you next time.
on the next episode of Locked on Phillies.